0: This is Old Men Rolling Dice!
1: Hey, welcome to Old Men Rolling Dice. I am Jeremy, and with me is my co-host Jason. And you can find Old Men Rolling Dice on our Instagram, on our Facebook. Uh, We are now on Spotify. I think we're over on iTunes. Uh, Anywhere you get a podcast from, you can probably find us. Uh, We are joined tonight by four women we're going to talk about women in gaming some topics include uh, uh you know gatekeeping choosing a gender for your character and then specifically dming being a woman and dming in dungeons and dragons or any role playing game really i'm super excited about this tonight this is the great thing about this medium is it? That- you can take something
0: called Old Men Rolling Dice and run a podcast that literally features no old men and potentially no dice.
1: It features and, old men. Uh,
0: well, I don't think we're featured tonight is what I'm saying. Oh, tonight it's kind of specifically. Nice, it's kind of it's kind of nice to sit back and uh, hear a different perspective and work with
1: some new people. I'm super pumped about hearing what's going to happen here tonight. I've gamed with some of these women. We have uh, Bree, we have Angela, we have Heather, we have Colleen, and we're going to be... Letting them take the the, the main floor. Hopefully, uh, we're Jason and I are going to try to shut up and listen and ask as intelligent questions as we can. You've maybe seen Bree in our Twitch channel. She plays Freya every Sunday night on our Ghosts of Saltmarsh, and she has her own channel on Twitch, Twitch TV Affy the DM. And there's underscores between the words. Am I right? Yep. We're right. And we're going to lean on Bree tonight to lead us through the discussion with everybody. Uh, there's A lots terrible of decision, really. <laughs> there's lots of voices. Yeah, so we're going to start with gatekeeping. And when we're talking about gatekeeping, Bree, what are we talking about? What What is gatekeeping?
2: This isn't a Gozer Ghostbusters reference. It can be anything from passive-aggressive sort of looks and gestures towards female gamers, especially in sort of public forums like on twitch or in you know even your local gaming house so the one down from me conventions definitely uh if you're not a sex object you're basically in the way that's uh a lot of what i've come across as a a plus size woman in this sort of environment Uh, me being at a convention and not dressed like princess leia or whatever and for good reason, <laughs> uh, it's it's not always a welcoming thing. It is there. Are, there are changes being had, but I find that there is still a lot of, you know, what are you doing
1: here? So have have you experienced that firsthand? Has anybody have any of uh, our ladies tonight experienced that firsthand, where they reach a table or they reach a game and have felt their presence there was unwanted because of their gender?
3: Um, For me, what I've had happen is my town has a comic book store that does gaming in it. And just walking into the comic book store, I've never felt welcomed. So even having like an interest in gaming, which I have, you know, I've been interested in D&D before, but I'm not about to go ask someone who's already standoffish about my gender. Because I don't need to be judged when I'm just trying to have fun.
2: Yeah, there, there's that. And I find even if, from my experience, even if you were to go to somebody and say, hey, I really would like to play. Is there an open game? You know, if I'm a new player, I just want to play. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to give you 20 questions and it's going to be like in-depth knowledge. Uh, there was a friend of mine who went to a comic book store, specifically a comic book store, for this one line of of marvel comics for deadpool and the guy working behind the counter gave her like the 10th degree just oh well did you know this and you know can you name this instead of just letting her enjoy the content it was are you worthy enough to join to enjoy the content
4: that really pisses me off because i i used to live in southern illinois and i actually owned my own gaming store with my husband and when we owned that one of the first things that i experienced was pure welcome because you know i at the time was not very knowledgeable about comic books it was my husband's whole thing um, and it was his idea to open the store but everyone that came into our store immediately welcomed me and they taught me so much i learned how to play magic the gathering i learned how to play dnd i learned how to play all the games that i love and enjoy right now And even where I live right now, my uncle owns all the comic book stores around this area. And every time I go in there, even if the employees don't know who I am because my uncle and I don't really talk that much, but even if I go in there, they're always so welcoming. I've never experienced in my life a time when I was not welcomed into a gaming store. And I think it really comes down to the culture in the area because the culture around where I live Um, is vastly different. And if you go to St. Louis, St. Louis, the anime convention, I'm sorry, I forget what it is. But if you go to the anime conventions, there are more women there than there are men. And it's a lot of gaming. And even when I went into Indianapolis for Gen Con, which is the best experience of my life, by the way, I was in the Tower of Gygax the last year that it, it was there. And I played Tower of Gygax for four hours when it was supposed to be like a 10 minute play I played for four hours and the DM just kept entertaining me with just keeping me alive and making sure that I was having fun at one point they asked my husband if they wanted the DM to actually kill me so that he could leave and it was just fun (laughs) that's
2: fantastic I love it
4: absolutely that was the, the best experience of my life and so One of the reasons why I joined gaming as a woman was because of the acceptance that I felt. And that is the only reason that I'm in the environment that I'm in, because all of the people that the culture brought was so much better than the culture of like the jocks, sports and different things like that. I feel so much more welcome in that culture than I do anything else.
5: That, that was my experience as well, like to, to have a have a contrast, because I heard about this game store that opened because I, I had played fourth edition and 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 a few other games and, and and I'd been vaguely interested in I'm I'm a role player through and through combat is is fine and the rest is great. But I'm a role player. And anyway, so we were going I went into this new game store that opened in our our town, Jeremy and uh, I live in the same town. And I, I went in there, I was looking around, I was just like, yeah, what, what is this all about? And, you know, I, I I expressed a vague interest in comics as well. And they had a a, a comic lending library at the time. I'm, I'm not sure they do now. And basically, the guy sat me down, the the proprietor, and said, okay, so you want to know about comics? I recommend these ones. And this is very cool as do why. And this represents sort of this aspect. And this is like comic book 101. And he was not condescending. He was not standoffish. He was like you want to learn here's how enjoy let me know how what you think and then it was the same game shop where i started playing fifth edition with jeremy and that has sparked a i'm pretty sure lifelong love affair with Indeed. because if i can be like okay i'm running my own business and it's busy there have been the pandemic we just moved and i'm uh, and i'm this and i'm that and then it's like but I have to run DD and I ran it last night, even though I probably didn't have time, then I'm pretty sure I'm I'm in this for life.
2: Yeah, I absolutely love it. Even with that experience of, of going into a game shop. And again, this was years ago too. This was like three or four years ago. So things have changed. People are a little bit more accepting. And I know the two game stores in my city, I live in the same city as you guys. They are so wonderful, so accepting. I love going to them because they they don't make me feel like I am unwelcome or anything like that. I went to the opening of the one that's just down the street from me. Fantastic. They were just so welcoming. You can the, say their name. I can okay. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so I know I'm... both the I think I know both the stories that are being talked about in this case. And yeah, we, so- we plugged the devil's bench all the time and the other store and i'm sorry the name is evading me right now
2: heads or tails gaming
1: heads or tails i have no problem with plugging them either no i I get to go there actually that's uh, yeah it's a little itty bitty store
2: on on Erie. it's just down the street from me and when they opened honestly they were awesome steve is an amazing owner and his wife was like knitting uh dice bags like the first day they are open, I bought one. It's this purple sparkly yarn that she made a sweater with for her granddaughter. And then she's like, I've got leftover. I'm going to make a and d bag.
1: While we're so putting like, things, Colleen and her husband make chain mail dice bags.
2: Amazing. Chain I have one. I think I need one. I need another one. I need, I need all of them.
5: You, you really do need a liner on them, though. Otherwise, they, they, they can't eat the dice, depending on the
1: uh, material. But anyway i guess it's universal in any interest if you can find someone that enjoys your interest why why would you push or put a wall up if 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 you're especially if your interest is small and niche i don't understand what these people out there are doing putting walls up and saying we don't want more people interested in our stuff
2: i don't think it's more people it's more vaginas
1: they don't want more vaginas women. in their stuff
2: yeah I, or okay, why women, is that, why women is that? Associated...
1: because i find I, I find that the stereotypical man that would have played dungeons and dragons over the last 20 30 years he has a problem meeting vagina anyways if i'm if i'm being honest of the people that i played with growing up so again i don't understand when a girl comes to the table or or expresses interest in the game, hey, I'd like to try that. Why would anyone put the brakes on?
5: I do have a theory.
1: I would love to hear the theory. I have one theory.
5: So when something is niche, when you are in the minority of liking it, you get picked on. And there are people who will pretend to be into that thing that you're into only to gain your trust and then to, you know, carry you meaning the movie, like pour pig's blood all over you um, for entertainment. So that could be why. It could also be an excuse. I have no idea. I've never actually seen this talked about. This is my theory, because I had this experience at a con uh, one time where there were there were these, I think they're called con tourists, which sounds kind of pejorative, but it was basically, it felt like they were jocks there to observe the freaks, to just entertain themselves by observing us in our natural environment and so if those people were gonna start to try and like warm up to somebody as if that they were like oh trying to understand the culture and whatever and and trying to get into it that might be a little suspicious in that they were just trying to make themselves friendly in order to make the other people more vulnerable in order to make fun of them this is my only theory on that
3: my thing is that we can also find that there's going to be that inability for someone to recognize true interest and be able to socialize that outward. So I might say I'm interested, but they can't readily accept that. Not because they don't want to, not because they don't want me in their niche, but because they don't know how to express themselves appropriately on the subject,
4: can I play devil's advocate for this really quick? Please. Absolutely. So I I agree with the theory, but there's the other side too, that a lot of times whenever someone finds that niche, they find it special. And they find that if they bring more people in, that they're going to lose that special element of it. So for mm-hmm. instance, my D&D group is my husband, myself, my wife, and my best friend so that's the four of us and it's been the four of us for two years and we have never once thought about bringing someone in because it's our game and it's not that we don't want other people to join, but it's just it's special to us whereas starting the game with the book club that we're doing where i put myself out there And I uh, said that I was gonna DM for six people that I didn't even know. Like I just joined this book Discord in December or November. I didn't know these people and I put myself out there. And that was because I myself am in a lot of uh, anxiety therapy and I was putting myself out there to help myself mentally. But if I hadn't done that, it would still just be my group of people. So it's more, I think, that a lot of nerds are afraid of losing that special element of the game.
0: Like a safe place? It's true, though. I find when you're role-playing with some people and you get to know them, and and I've gone through a similar situation recently where I've started gaming with a couple of different groups. It is incredibly intimate. Like You are really taking down some sort of wall of exposing who you are. Like People get to know you when you're gaming with them. It's it's um it's not the same as sort of other recreational activities. There's there seems to be sort of this um disconnect this with the other people at the table. I mean you're spend you're choosing to spend time. Some of us don't have a lot of time, so you're choosing to spend this time you have with a group of people. When you're role playing, you're really pouring a lot of your heart and soul into it. I know I myself have a
1: lot of walls when it comes to what barriers I'm comfortable with breaking and not breaking. Like I, I understand people being hesitant to go. This is my what i would call my home game you don't get into my home game without a great deal of screening i understand people that are like that like this is our time with family and close friends and we kick ass playing dungeons and dragons and i'm not going to let anyone in that has the potential to ruin that but that that's not what that's not heather's heather wasn't locking in and saying I want in on your home campaign that you've been running together with your closest of friends for the last three years. Maybe this is maybe maybe this is the wrong reaction, but listening to Heather's story, I, all I can tell you is that makes me angry, and I'm not coming in with a solution. But if that's happening, all I can say that yeah, that makes me angry. Not just that. I have another about, theory. Oh, no, sorry, sorry
0: just sorry. go ahead. I just any. I think if anything that builds a community is good for your community, right? I mean, if you're passionate about something, the more people that you get to bump into in everyday life who are passionate about the same thing, is something you need to
1: be encouraging, right? So can I, can I just I know Colleen has something, but I'd really like Heather to have a chance to speak here because oh, I mean sorry, it Heather. makes me angry. I wonder if it makes made you angry, Heather. Uh, I, I also wonder, like you, obviously after that experience, still took the chance on this this book club. D&D group which we're going to talk about. I'm hoping it didn't like just turn you off of it obviously didn't turn you off gaming entirely.
3: No I found a different platform. I do computer gaming so I have family that does computer gaming so it was a little easier to get into but then I found myself like playing Sims 4 and I was like that's fun for like 20 minutes but I really like social aspects because I like talking so I'll play like Dead by Daylight or Fall Guys or something on Steam, something that I can have my friends with. And I've built a great community of friends through that. And when I joined the book club, I wasn't really looking for gaming because books, but obviously when I got the chance, I jumped at it. It was so exciting because I mean, it didn't stop my desire to see what d d was like. It just curtailed it from looking in that particular place and I live in such a remote area of Connecticut that there's not many options if I don't know the right people
1: <laughs> well I'm glad, I'm glad it didn't sour you I think people can get a lot out of role playing games and, uh, and you've found you know, uh, Bree and Angela who obviously are experienced gamers I think there are sort of horror stories of people having a similar sort of first encounter like you had and just go fuck it I'm done Right. No,
3: I'm the youngest of three girls. It takes a lot more to push me <laughs> off. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Yeah. And by no means what I was saying earlier about having to deal with this gatekeeping. For me personally, even in high school, I was the the goth kid, the one wearing spikes, the one you didn't fuck with because, you know, she sacrificed goats or whatever people you, thought I was
1: doing. You don't need spikes for people to say I'm not fucking with that per- with Brie. I- that's true. I'm pretty badass. I'll, I'll give you that.
2: <laughs> but, you know, it them, like, gatekeeping to me was more like a challenge. It was, you don't want to play with me? That's fine. I'm going to be fucking amazing at it without you. So, you know, now I'm running
1: D&D. Do you, think, do you think it's fair to say, though, that there are people out there, unlike yourself or Heather, that that first initial contact was like, I got better shit to do with my time?
2: absolutely i can name five off the top of my head that would be like well if this is how the community is i'm i'm out i'm not going to waste my time on something that i need to fight to be part of or to like plow my own field in order to participate like it, it's not for for a game like especially for a new player saying well it's a game i don't want to be part of it if this is what it's going to take to do it it's just supposed to be fun then why am i you know upset about it that makes no sense,
1: Colleen. You had a you had a comment that we sort of cut you off before. Did you want to make that now?
2: No, she rage quit.
1: She rage quit. She totally. Rage
2: quit. <laughs> I think she just <laughs> pressed
1: the button. Pressed Sorry the- about that. That's okay. I, I, okay. I did.
5: I pressed the wrong button. Uh, anyway, yeah. So my my other theory was I realized I have experienced internal gatekeeping. I one of my top fandoms is supernatural. And if any of you spoil the final season for me, I will end you. I'm not cut up because I had a baby. Anyway, so that fandom means a lot to me and it like like a lot. It is it has changed my life more than any other fandom. And I was speaking with like a girlfriend of my cousins at a family thing. And she said, Oh yeah, I like that show too and I was like, oh, I really, I really, 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 really. And she said, Yeah, the, the actors are hot. And I had this, like, moment of incandescent rage. That I didn't express. But I, yeah, I was ready to gatekeeper. I was ready to be like, no, you're not a true fan. You don't understand these people and these characters. And, and and yeah, I was just thinking about, like, trying to understand the mindset of a gatekeeper. I am. I didn't I didn't say anything. I didn't try and push her out of it but i knew in that moment the emotions of wanting to keep her out of that and to say you don't understand this this space so you're allowed to be here and i i would like to con- con- confess my shame and be cleansed of it <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm sure we've all had those moments, too, right? Where the knee-jerk, you go, oh, You like a thing I like? Let me spew all this stuff at you that I've been repressing for forever. And then you find out, yeah. Oh, the actors are hot. Yeah. Yeah, they're hot.
1: On a, on a side note, though, I mean, who watches Supernatural after season five? <laughs>
4: Everyone I do. should.
1: I mean, they oh. just got so much go, hotter. There's a hole over here. I'm going to go crawl in it now. <laughs> that's awesome
4: since we're spewing shame here and on the the topic of gatekeeping i would also like to uh share my shame so when i was in high school um i was very much like the uh innocent church goer that hangs around with all these church people and goes to all the church events etc cetera, etc cetera. don't don't judge me um i'm judging but you but i you should judge. Me. <laughs> i'm gatekeeping
2: you from my friendship <laughs>
4: that's okay Um, lock it down now i moved to a different area with who is now my husband and he was into all these games and i was always into video games like i always loved the jrpgs and the mmos and things like that but i i looked at him the first time that i moved in with him and i was like i will never play magic the gathering and i will never play dungeons and dragons
2: and okay. now look at you.
4: I, I no, hold, hold on. There's a story here. So I put my foot down and said, never. About three months later, I was playing Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll play Magic the Gathering, but I will never play Dungeons and Dragons. It's too nerdy for me. I can't join them. And about a year later, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons with him. And he looks to me every beginning of the game now and says, so, fancy seeing you here. Like, just every time we start a new game, he always laughs. And every time we introduce, every time we introduce me to a game, he's like, hey, glad you could join us. Like, that type of thing. Because (laughs) he always grills me over the fact that I never wanted to play Dungeons & Dragons. And then I just got introduced to the community. So I was kind of externally gatekeeping myself from Dungeons & Dragons, even though I knew nothing about it. I just knew that it was a game for nerdy people, that everyone got around and made funny vo- voices and things like that. And I never gave myself a chance to actually know what it was. And it's hilarious. You guys can definitely laugh at me that I was that silly. But it was like some people out there do take them, take away something as joyous as Dungeons and Dragons from them, because the culture behind it is so smeared. And unfortunately, Dungeons and Dragons is one of those things where the history of the game is just smeared. Um, You know, it's very negative, but really, it is just fun. And you'd be surprised at the number of people in our community that play this game. My therapist plays it, and I had no idea. She is like... But she's (laughs) like this preppy looking girl that like happy go lucky and you would very professional you would never know that as she leaves work she's playing she's planning her dungeons and dragons game like a lot of people play it but you've got to give yourself the chance to
2: absolutely i i agree completely with the negative connotations that are on for dnd i i'm a huge murder porn fan so i love watching true crime stuff. And there was this one series I was watching and they were ripping on this guy who, yeah, super bad, killed a bunch of people. But it was like one of the key things of the um, the prosecution was that he was an avid D&D player and collected knives and had all these dices and fake characters. And it's like, that is, so like, it's not a psychosis. <laughs> what
1: time period does that... That was the 90s. Us? The 90s.
2: like late 90s early 2000s that that particular case happened but it was like you know you're either an old person in your mom's basement playing D&D or you're a psycho killer like
1: is there anything else we want to talk about gatekeeping before we move on to the next because I'm sure we could go on all night about gatekeeping
3: I want to say that uh, I also think because you're talking about growing up with this for me I know that my parents My parents were older when they had me, Mm -hmm. but they weren't very inclusive. If it was books, that was okay. If it was girly, that was okay. I was told I couldn't play the drums because it wasn't feminine. Yeah. So I also think that in that way, um, part of my interest was curtailed until I was able to form my own opinions and ideas and think, you know, I really love fantasy and I love acting and i was doing the renaissance fair acting all the time so why you just made a new friend heather (laughs) 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 um but i was like why can't it go further why can't it go into my games and why am i just excluding myself from that because my parents said so way way long ago
1: my oldest son is 13 we recently had a friend of his who is a girl her parents called me going my daughter wants to play dungeons and dragons i don't think she should we that's upsetting we understand john does we understand john does it wasn't it wasn't gender-based they had in this case it was religious concerns and old stigmas of this game and satanism their their question their question was are there demons in the game so i go there's demons in the game. Does there have to be demons in your daughter's game? Absolutely not. But are there demons in the book she's going to read? They will be referenced on occasion, but there's nothing to like your daughter's Dungeons and Dragons games could be about rabbits saving carrots from the garden from the angry farmer's cat, but I could not get her over that hump of there's demons in the game. Okay, can we move can we move can we move on to to uh, assigning genders to your characters, and this sort of that when guys play,
2: oh, Colleen's breaking her knuckles, man. We're good to go. She,
1: she's like, <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, I'm ready. Bring, <laughs> bring. Bri, I'll shut up. You do it.
2: Oh, okay. Um. So what I've noticed in games I've DM'd or played in, or even video games where I've been playing with uh, pe people who identify as male, uh, they sometimes, more often than not, will play a female, a female character. And in D&D specifically, they're usually over-sexualized. Or if they were to have art done by, like, get, like, a, an art commission done, it's usually in, like, some Red Sonja chainmail bikini type situation. <laughs> Whereas I found that women who play women or or people who identify as female playing a female character, they're generally, you know, I'm gonna get run out with minotaur horns or sword. I'm gonna be in full armor. And, you know, we had the discussion a couple days ago about the booby bumps, the booby holders on armor and how sometimes it's well yeah, as a large chested woman, I'm gonna need the booby bumps, but they're not a necessity in armor, typically.
4: Okay. For this topic, I want to ask the other girls in- in this conversation one question. Do you want to have a peanut?
2: No. Usually.
3: Uh, that's a negative for me, thank you. Okay. What?
5: And I don't have a- yes or no, I don't have a binary answer for that. I would love to pee standing up without the use of a piece of technology. Other than that, no. Emphatically, I prefer menstruation to anything that a penis has to offer.
4: So this is my point, though. I do not know a single woman in the world that I have ever talked to, except maybe Heather now, that (laughs) hasn't said that they would like a penis for convenience sake. I put the whole men going female in games as part of that as well. Because men often have fantasize or uh, fantastical thoughts about women. It just it is a thing. It's nature, and therefore, when a man has an opportunity to bring those fantasies to life for himself, he's going to do it. Just like some of the women may play male characters because you want to have that idea of what it's like to be the opposite gender. It doesn't have to be and over-sexualization, though a lot of men do take it too far. Don't get me wrong, men do take it too far. But at the same time, there's that curiosity there that we're born with that you want to know. My, my two little boys are um, nine and six, and they have not, at any point in time, um, not shown curiosity about something. We are curious about everything from young ages And so I believe that that comes into adult life of, well, what if I'm a female? What I think goes too far is when they do start sexualizing it and start making it a lot worse than it is. It's okay to have the fantasy, but you have to separate fantasy versus reality. And a lot of the people, or not a lot, but a, a, a group of the people that do this have trouble separating fantasy versus reality And that's what causes the problem.
5: Word.
2: (laughs) You cracked your knuckles and all you're going to say is word?
5: I completely agree. I I wouldn't (laughs) alter alter a thing. I think that...
0: Before we go any further, I would like to add that that whole conversation (laughs) immediately brought up an image from a Castle Ravenloft game that took place a couple of years ago. And that's all I'm going to say involving my good friend DM Jeremy.
1: Are you talking when I just in drag? You were in. Um,
0: oh, you went fabulous, all in. whole <laughs> shave chest, makeup, the hair. Uh,
1: I enjoyed dressing in drag and DMing behind the screen uh, with a wig on and the whole bit. I had a blast that night. I was there. He seemed very happy. We're maybe a little bit off topic.
0: No, that's okay. This, this is, is, is totally
1: seeing for? the cutting floor.
4: <laughs> so but either way, I do want back to add to you. this. I do want to add this part, though, as well. And Heather, you can you can justify me in this as well. What woman doesn't sexualize men? We uh, we do yeah. very similar things to men that men do to women. Now men do it a little bit more openly because it's socially accepted more. But in our in our Discord book channel, there's an 18 plus channel where we literally just post ha- half
3: naked men.
2: Or and, all women, naked and men.
3: and women or, and let's, women. Let's be honest here. We have a haughty hour where we spend an entire hour spreading gifts and pictures of men and women in various states of undress.
0: You just blew his mind. But book club is not what I thought it was.
4: About. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like we we've evolved it. Well, but,
0: yeah, once but... my significant other says she's going to book club, I'm gonna have a couple of questions. I'm like, hey, <laughs> like, yep. hey. Stay focused, okay.
1: okay. <laughs> but this, here's an interesting here, an interesting note: is that if you if guys had a book club, and there was a p- place to post those images, and there would yeah. be no men.
3: Well, to be fair, we do have men in our group. Oh,
1: okay.
0: it's okay, not fair. just a
3: women's group.
1: Fair enough. Straight men. Fair enough. Okay, and I didn't do that. sorry.
3: Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> people join and. It's Discord, so you can hide yourself away. And if people choose to express who they are, really, that's great. And if not, but we've had uh, one girl who told us that while she was home over the holidays, she really appreciated us having Hottie Hour because she was queer and she hadn't told her family yet. So she felt like she could be herself. Which I know is off topic. No, but that's about
1: that's that is. I'm wondering if that has ever been the case of why someone plays a character of the opposite gender. Is that it's just a comfort level for them that they can't express in the real world? So here's a fantasy environment where you can. Absolutely, yeah. There's
2: no judgment whatsoever. It's for me. It's more the the over sexualization of the opposite gender. Like in our in our book club game. Uh, Heather plays Sinfall which is a male human and it's not an over sexualization by any means he's nice to look at and there are jokes about how he's like you know the one guy in this harem of females but it's not a well everybody's trying to fuck him
1: so, and he's not trying
2: to fuck everybody
1: else and this is a question for Heather why make the male character
3: uh, well I made the male character because we had an all girl group going and I figured everyone was going to pick a female character and they are going to probably be a fae character so I just wanted to be different and I wanted to give it a nice variety so Sinfall really isn't a sexual character um, and as I'm learning about D&D and things like that I tried charming um, Rai's character Thea, which did not go well. It really didn't. It really didn't. She threatened his penis. It was unfortunate. But he's he's more there for comedy than he is for his gender. It's It was done for that purpose alone.
2: Yeah, like there's more shipping between the Raven familiar and the wizards or no who has it the rangers owl companion than there is between sinfall and any of the female PCs. like
4: i know i hate that owl it is the worst thing that has ever been introduced to a game
2: then let thea eat it for dinner
3: no no the mimic is the worst thing that happened to that game now i am
4: so sad
3: the mimic died
4: oh it was a baby, and he died, and I'm sad. Also, oh, I'm sending you
5: hugs, Angela, for the baby mimic. I don't even know okay, the context. Okay. Okay. Comfort.
2: In my defense. No. I rolled to it's see if difference. Thea would know what a mimic was. I rolled a 19 oh. on my history check, and yeah. my first thought was, "Well, it's a lone chest. I'm just going to stab it." And I ended up cutting it in half, and it was a baby mimic.
3: Mm. So, <laughs> you're getting shamed all around that's so funny
2: okay but you know Freya and Thea's just like a more masculine version of Freya
4: <laughs> so I do want to go back to my earlier point really quick because we're talking about men sexualizing female characters do you guys know how many quote unquote young adult new adult books there are with smut in it where there's like full-on sex scenes.
2: not I, recently but i, I assume
4: <laughs> my mom used to it's screen my books it's it's a lot and with that being said none of us read it for the female portion none of us read it so we can read about this woman being sexualized we read it for the men so women do what I believe is the same thing as men are doing to us in different formats. We just do it in books because it's socially acceptable. Romance yes. has been around forever. Yes, do it... women
5: are allowed to engage in erotica as long as it is the written word.
4: Correct. It is. Mm-hmm. And yep. as... I, I will put this out here as well, and then I'll, I'll shut up and let the rest of you guys talk. <laughs> but as a polyamorous person where I, I have a male spouse in my life and a female spouse i sexualize all gendered creatures <laughs> because it is my human nature to do so i yes. w- if you look around my bedroom i have pictures of half naked women in my bedroom that my children don't see um and and you know what i if there were more like sexualized men pictures like this i would do that as well but the art is not necessarily in that format because most of the time women have to sexualize in the written word whereas men are allowed to sexualize in the visual
2: yeah we okay. got to keep it up in our heads instead of actually enjoying it visibly
4: i'm yeah. off my soapbox now i'll mute
2: <laughs> this whole thing is about being on a soapbox so don't no need to get off of it
1: yeah we yeah. wouldn't even be doing this if we didn't like occasionally standing yeah. on soapbox. the soapboxes
5: yeah I think, I think there's a big difference between sexualization objectification
1: yes I would agree right okay so like, I want you to explain that for me <clears throat> okay here not I'll because I'm that. stupid I just want to I just want anybody listening we're, we're gonna try to help some men gamers out there that are playing women in their games
5: okay so I usually prefer to actually pull up the uh, word definition so somebody who has a tight keyboard in front of them could you do that but I'm off the top of my head. My feeling on that is you are sexually attractive to me. That is a fact that, uh, that we can't both agree on because you don't know my experience, but we, but I have that experience. I find Jensen Ackles attractive. I find, oh heckin, what's her name from thingy? Uh, Deadpool's girlfriend. I, her name is incredibly hard for me to remember. I don't know why that is.
3: Well, I know who you're but talking she, about from Firefly.
5: Yes, exactly. I, I know better from Firefly. Um anyway, so her I find both these people attractive. Um and 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 um Oh I know actors' names. The the, the um the, the the bald person from Doctor Strange
3: Anyway
2: Oh yeah
3: uh, Oh yeah. Um, yeah
2: Yeah totally spacing on the name. Can I uh, just... like yeah. Tilla Swanson? Yes, Tilda yes, Swanson. I tell who's you guys, amazing? If this is a
1: conversation with guys, no one would be like, ah, I know who you're talking about. There is some there is some telepathy going on here.
3: <laughs>
1: like Colleen <laughs> is e- Colleen secret. is really emoting on the screen, and everybody's like, I know exactly who she's talking about. Except for you and so, IJ.
2: Just I, going from a, Google a quick TV. Google search. <laughs> okay. The the difference between sexualization and objectification is basically honing in on one portion so Mm -hmm. objectifying would be hey she's got nice tits hey that's a nice ass hey i want to fuck her pussy whereas sexualization is like that is a nice thing i would like to have that against me please and thank you
1: oh that is a very hard line to draw because men that just can't speak speak well aren't going to say i would like i would like that body against me no <laughs> th- that's not how they talk
2: that
5: is not our problem
2: Jerry. yeah it's that's not fair, our problem fair
1: it's not okay and
2: then right. you and know the objectification Sorry, yeah. sorry go ahead colleen
5: I, well, I, I, that is a problem it's not our problem that's the thing it is a societal problem but it is not the problem of the objectified and okay, uh, that's
3: it's not fair though i mean when we have hottie hour, like henry cavill comes up a lot with his yeah shirt off. but
2: You're you're thinking Henry Cavill and oh, he's got a nice body. But for me personally, for me personally, when I think of Henry Cavill, I think, you know, he looks really nice, but also he's a huge fucking nerd. He puts pictures up on his Instagram of Warhammer and he did like this whole video on building a computer and like I would fuck him like a screen door in a hurricane.
3: Just saying that girls do it too. We can't just say it's a men problem. It's an everyone's problem.
2: Absolutely. But I'm not like, hey, you know, he's probably got a nice dick. Let me take that out of his pants.
1: Let's let's dial in on that then. (laughs) At the D and D table though, have you witnessed like I don't I don't know that objectification at the D and D table has happened as often from a woman's player? woman player doing that with a man's character or the other way around
4: but with that being said i definitely think that women are a problem with this too in the way of maybe we need to change a little bit of our mindset as well and be more understanding of the men the male gender maybe we need to open our minds up a little bit and say okay yes i'm going to ask you to respect me but maybe I need to open up my definition of respect a little bit. Does that make well,
5: sense? Well, uh, what I was thinking when you were saying the word respect, I kind of, I was thinking about the word respect with like a capital R. Like, it's respectful to do these things, such as open the door for a woman. Wouldn't would op- A woman wouldn't open the door for a man. But my perspective would be, couldn't we open the door if you're holding something heavy? Right? Couldn't the per- in my in my household, mm-hmm. it wasn't women have the door opened for them by men, it was whoever is holding the heavier load is the one who gets to go first. Side right? note, so...
1: uh, Brie and I were both singing Aretha Franklin, I think. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think we both kind of did the R, S, P, C, T. There's
0: a lot that's happened, too, though. I mean, I'm a lot older than most people here. Um, and absolutely, I, you can compared to say when I was growing up as a kid and where we are now as a society, there's been massive leaps. You know what I mean? I don't know that I think it sort of gets overlooked or overshadowed but when I was a kid growing up the definitions of men and women were incredibly different and I'm sure that even based on that time frame, starting from here and moving forward, what's going to be a definition 30 and 40 years from now is going to be a, a massive difference from where we stand here today. But there's no question that it's evolved and I think it's evolved in the right way. I don't think there's any question about the fact that it's moving, it's progressing in a, in, a, in a way that it should. I can say that I, and I think this has to do with my age and my gaming experiences. Growing up in gaming when I gained, and I think society was like the, nobody was not very progressive at that point in time, late like seventies, early eighties. I would have never been at a gaming table where some young gamer friend of mine would have been comfortable enough with playing a female character, I don't know that anybody would have knowingly been able to cross that line. There there, there was like sort of a hard line there where they just wouldn't have felt comfortable doing it.
2: I feel like gender identity is definitely something that should be explored and sexuality absolutely should be explored. To Colleen's point, I think it's more the objectification than sexualization. It's you know, a, a PC playing this, you know, big titted bard who just, that's her personality. She throws her boobs around and, you know, sleeps with whoever she wants. Tits. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas I played a character who did at one point use that sexuality as a weapon, but she was so much more complex than, I'm just going to fuck this guy and get my way. It was, well, I'm going to fuck this guy, but then I'm going to sneak into this, you know, son's room and kill him. Like, there's a reason for it. It's not just, I'm going to fuck him because I I want to fuck him.
0: I just want to point out that you said bard. And I think that was another (laughs) topic, because you immediately went bard. I think there's a stereotype there.
2: The bard is definitely a stereotypical, let's fuck all the things.
1: The last thing we wanted to discuss was women DMing and sort of entering that space I know Heather hasn't DM'd, but maybe we can convince her to give it a go. uh, Yes. That's
5: what this end portion is. We'll convince her.
3: I already want to because we have so many people interested in our group that we need a second campaign to go. But, again, I'm only a month old and I don't know enough. So I feel like I, I told Angela this actually. I need a Girl Scout too so i'm like little girl scout i need a supervisor and then they can call me on my my bullshit
2: i became a dm in my first ever 5e campaign out of necessity my dm was fired from the job that we both worked at and it was for a lot of reasons but that relationship basically fell apart with a lot of our players who were also employed at the same place So it was a workplace D&D group, and it just went to shit. So I ended up stepping into that role as a DM. I'm not sure how, but that's just how it happened. And I went full bore. I got the books, and I started you know, looking into cartography, how to make the best maps, because I was doing it all on paper. What I found in some groups, especially those that are predominantly male PCs, I get talked over a lot. Even as the DM, even as the voice at the top of the table where I have to speak and what I'm saying is relevant to what is your situation at the moment, I get talked over. And I feel like as somebody else, my my position as well, I work with a lot of contractors and contra- contractors as well, typically male, I get talked over by them a lot, slot. So I see a lot of comparisons between... Well, they're not listening to me because they don't think I have a voice that I that needs to be heard. I could be telling them code issues and they just don't they don't want to hear it. So they just talk over me instead. But if it were to be one of my male counterparts that were to say the same thing, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that." So that's sort of where I wanted this discussion to go. Obviously, everybody's situation is different. Like Colleen, we all know that her uh, family life and you know growing up with men is very much different from how I've grown up how sorry Angela and Heather have grown up like it's all different I just wanted to get a perspective on if other female DMs have had this issue where you talk and nobody listens
4: totally putting it out there I've I've DM'd both all male groups and all female groups at this point I will I will say straightforward that the all female group talks over me more than my all-male group did. And that's more because everyone has fun and women are very definitely chatty. And and you guys can't see me because we, we don't do video, we just do audio. So there's definitely that problem. I, I will also say that, again, I got into DMing because of social anxiety, which hopefully us talking here, you guys can't tell my social anxiety is to the point where I stay in my house under my bed a lot of times. So it, it's very stressful. And DMing is one of those things that got me so far out of that bubble that I finally feel comfortable talking to people. And so I will say in a workplace environment as well, again, women will talk over a lot faster than men will. But again, I work in a completely different environment than Brian. I work in a a woman-dominated environment where men are the small creatures.
2: I get what you're saying completely. I think it's it's not so much the being talked over, it's being heard, is more what I mean. So I could say, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to do this, or insinuate this as a D- as a DM, like, maybe you should come back in the morning in character and stating this a couple times, and it's not listened to. Whereas if a even a male player were to reiterate it, even if they were playing a female character, it would be regarded generally as something that would be heard and understood. Like this is a big hint from your DM. Maybe you should listen to it instead of just doing whatever the fuck you want to do and almost wiping the party.
5: It, it's a so, kind of thing where it's like a, a a big like a sorry like like a big like evil boss of some kind of plot line would would be like oh i don't know what to do and then the the dumb sidekick would be like oh idea that i now express in in the intricate detail and the big boss goes no no that will never work and the boss goes wait i reiterate the exact <laughs> same plan that this underling just said slightly this dim, similar and in my more dramatic voice yes yeah. and the underling goes oh great idea side eye <laughs>
1: So Heather, you want to DM? Is this are these things things that you go? Is this something I'm gonna have to deal with as a DM, or are you just excited to get behind the screen? And
3: I think for me, it's more excitement. I love to write, and I like to see it like interactively and how people will be able to portray it in their own ways. Just and because, completely derail it. And completely derail it because I mean that's how the best ideas are inspired by often mistakes or glitches. And I think it will be so much fun.
1: Colleen, why do you DM? Bree, why do you DM?
2: Go ahead, Colleen.
3: Uh, I DM
5: because you get to roleplay way more. That's straight up what it's all about. As I mentioned, I, I come from a roleplay perspective. In When I was introduced to 4E, I was in the middle of my most deliriously life consuming text role play uh time of my life like like non-stop like like life cl- like close to life destroying uh level luckily i'm I'm better now anyway so I, I I love the role play it and also dming gives me the same energy as when I used to direct for theater um I, I directed my own plays and that's a bit of a similar thing. Directing your own plays is more like DMing, especially if you homebrew everything, than directing Shakespeare or something, right? It's it, it's your it's yourself. It's it's your soul that you are laying bare, that you are that you are you know creating and 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 uh, and sculpting. I also I also apparently play it to hide references. That no one will ever get except me, and I can sit behind this screen going, Teehee! dee, <laughs> that was Dean." Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> well, no, it's uh-huh. but anyway, Dean is obvious.
2: Cut you, you. You would
5: never know if it you you. you I mean, you would you would know it every time if it was Dean. That it would be obvious. It has to be something really obscure. Like, really? Okay, fine. Like I I. All of my NPCs who are like legit, like set pieces, all of them have images of actual real people who I know who they are. And in my head, they have specific like, yeah, so roleplay and references that no one gets. That's why that's why I DM.
2: I love it. Uh, for me, it's definitely the roleplay aspect. I have been a role player since I was 12, which is a long time ago. In a land far away. And, you know, Heather, I've role played with uh, on text for eons, you know, and then Dungeons and Dragons was a thing that I was introduced to. And it's like, hey, I can do that at a table with real people instead of some person I've never met in Connecticut. Not that you're not special to me, Heather. You're special. I,
3: I feel it. Deep down.
2: I love you. <laughs> yes, but and then i became a dm and it's like you know uh, reading the modules and it's like this is a really fucking amazing story i want to tell it i want my friends to be involved in it i want my friends to be the main characters in this amazing you know saga of you know the the quest to kill tiamat or you know the curse of Strahd. like i love being able to tell that story and i will tell pretty much all of my new parties I'm going to be nice to you to level five because I'm here to tell you the story, not try to kill you. So at level five, your survivability tends to go up a little bit because then you get all the fun spells and, you know, you have your your college or your background or whatever. And at level five, it gets a little harder, obviously. But I'm still there to tell the story above anything else. Angela, why are you a DM?
4: uh, really social anxiety is definitely the thing. Uh, my mental, I'm not going to go into mental health, but in, in general, it is very important to me to be mentally health, health healthy and try to force myself into uncomfortable situations, which DMing is very uncomfortable for, me. um, but it's my, it's my growth. The other thing I will say is like with the campaign I'm running right now, um, the, the book series that I'm basing it off of is very special to me because, again, it helped me with my, my mental health, um, and that's a different story. But can we get, can we get I, the
1: book name now? We've been teasing this uh, through the whole thing. Yeah, I'm totally looking so, forward to hearing the book series.
4: Never. So the book series is um, <laughs> A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss, um, which Moss uh, has three different book series that all intertwine interdimensionally. So I found that it was a really good um, book series because even after the campaign, I can always do like the interdimensional thing where they're teleported to a different book in the series. And we can kind of start all over again with a different campaign. Um, so right now uh, the the players are in a place called Under the Mountain, which is um, the main villain of the first book takes people down to under the mountain and tortures them. And, and so that's, that's the whole thing is they're trying to clean out the monsters from under the mountain. And, um, this book series is very special to me. It has been for a long time because I take quotes. Um, one of the quotes that I take often is don't let the hard days win. And it's very special to me. And I, I take that and I, I sing it every, or like. I, I say it as my mantra every day. And so sharing that with people like Heather who have never read all of the books. And Bri, I don't know if you've read the books either. Um, I joined the D&D
2: campaign and then binge read them.
4: There you go. <laughs> and I
2: knew what was happening.
4: Um, but sharing that with people that may not be interested or may not have read the book series was important to me because I'm sharing something that's important. Um, so I'm very passionate about what I do. As you can see, I get up on my soapbox and Ooh. say very passionately. Um, it, it really is. Whenever I find something passionate, I like to talk about it. And so, as a DM, I have the chance to do that, and I have the chance to share with other.
1: That game's on Thursday nights.
2: Uh, on Thursday nights two, at eight o'clock
1: yeah. on my Twitch. Twitch, and we'll put the we'll put the link in the we'll put the link in the podcast description so people can check that out.
4: Thanks, Betty. I'm so excited where it's going.
1: Heather, we we have skipped you a little bit here because you're not you're not currently DMing, but you you you've mentioned you want to DM. So, what is the plan? Do you have is there a is there a, a story in mind? Is there a campaign in mind that you're like, "When I get my chance, this is where I'm going."
3: Not really. Like Angela said, I haven't read the books completely uh this was actually forced on me because i administer on the uh book club and they're like we're gonna do some fun activities leading up to the next release of the series you have to read the first book at least so you know what's going on and i'm like okay fair enough and i enjoyed it um I didn't like devour it like I do books that I've picked up myself, but I deeply did enjoy it. So to prepare, I'd probably want to read more into it so that I have an idea because I've got people or we've got people, I should say, that are experienced in D&D who are wanting to play. And then there are people who are new to it who also want to play, who just love the story. So I, I have my work cut out for me. But I'm still excited.
1: The excitement's good. It's always good to go into a game and like it's not good to go into a game and not be excited. To be like, somebody needs to DM.
0: <laughs> How about we go with something like this? Is there one or two things that anybody's taken from each person who's taken from this tonight? Like, is there something you're like after this conversation, here's one or two things that maybe I wasn't thinking about or sort of reaffirmed something that I was that was sort of always in the back of my head
2: for me it would be the verbiage I'm using so sexualizing a character and objectifying for example I went into this thinking that sexualization of something would be more in the vein of oh you know little bikini and big tits and you know big ass or whatever but it's definitely that's more objectification and that's sort of what I was aiming for with the discussion so I'm glad that that's something that we discussed yeah I i've really enjoyed this sort of forum we've had it's been a lot of fun i
5: i agree with that this has been a lot of fun i, I always have fun on jeremy's podcast i i i didn't realize that i gay kept and i i i i don't i don't enjoy the emotional experience of realizing things like that about myself but i also but i do enjoy the experience of becoming a better person for having realized that
2: yeah
0: realize exactly even thinking now how therapeutic it is. There's there's a number of levels here where I think it can really be a really great sort of growing slash healing tool, sort of just providing an outlet um, for people. That's my first point. Second point is, I didn't realize there was something called Haughty Hour. and I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think there needs to be a Haughty Hour from now on in my own campaigns, because I'm telling you, I, we were missing out on a these girls are on to something because <laughs> we're old men and we weren't doing hottie hour are you kidding me i want to see a picture of linda carter and aaron gray next week when you, we game you are
1: obsessed with linda carter
0: i do have a she was wonder woman she's hot she had an invisible jet for christ's sakes invisible damn jet
3: <laughs> did you see her cameo in the second movie yes.
0: I have not seen the
3: second video. Oh, no.
0: Shame. I carry a lot of shame. I carry it well. I'm like a Sherpa for shame. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a Sherpa for shame. Just load it on my back. Okay. Shame Sherpa. Back. That's my next character.
1: <laughs> the shame.
3: I think for me, one of the things that I'm taking away from this is that um, there's definitely people I can fall back on if I ever need help with uh, DMing. It's not just a a solo career. and God, no. And not to take it too bad if if they fall off the wagon of my story. You can't please everybody.
2: No, you can't. And fuck them if you can't take a joke.
4: So, one thing I uh, realized is my experience is vastly different. So... My opinions are based off of personal experience and I think I definitely need to broaden my horizons more and talk to wonderful people like you to be able to broaden my horizons and gain more experience. My second one is I did not know Heather role played like via text and she's been holding out on me and I'm mad at her.
3: Oh,
2: I'm it. sorry. I had <laughs> Heather
3: Heather has thirty five years of mystery, okay? Heather- Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Heather, you and I talk
4: daily and you've never brought this fa- fact up and I'm upset with you. Just, well, just putting it out there.
2: I'm, I'm sorry I added you. I'm
3: sorry. <laughs> you ruined the mystery, Bri.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll never know that we've been role playing together since I was 12
0: and you were 13.
3: That's very true.
0: <laughs> Is it
1: my turn?
3: It's your turn. Yep.
1: The kingpin speaks the sure. kingpin. I think I need to dress in drag again. Oh, I my agree. God. It was, I will lie to you. I checked you out twice. twice.
2: I, I would like pictures. <laughs> you look amazing. They're, they're somewhere. So I will take
1: no credit for the makeup that was done on me. My friend Jessica uh, did all of that for me. She put fake eyelashes on me. Oh. There was a lot of work to go into that. I still have the wig. Honey being girl wig, a though. I can't yeah. remember the wig. I don't know why. I still have the wig. The rest of the costume, gone. But the wig, no. That stays.
5: It's a trophy. Yeah, it's not so
1: much
0: that you still have it. It's when was the last time it was on your head? No comment.
2: (laughs) Yesterday. That's
0: what
1: I thought. Two (laughs) hours ago. I I have worn it since the game. I have worn it since the game. (laughs) Uh, Just maybe, just because I like to imagine myself with hair again. I don't care what it looks like. Just something up there. Something up there. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for being here tonight. I have so many other questions for you guys. I can't ask them though because we're out of time. Part two. But maybe we need to... to, Like, I want to know... I want to know if you guys run anything other than Dungeons & Dragons. Is there other role-playing games you run? I want to know... Like, the list just goes on and on as we sat here and talked. So maybe we'll have a part two of this and... uh, And yeah, if you get an opportunity to jump over and check Angela's game out, it's on. My alarm's going off. Stop talking. That's what it's saying. Uh, If you get a chance to jump over onto the the Twitch stream, uh, twitch.tv, DM. and I will put that in the description for the podcast. Check that out. We usually sign off with... This is going to be interesting. I think because
0: sh- I thought about this at the start of the podcast
1: because this generally <laughs> we always, always like- sign off with "Good night, dick." Good night, bitch. Good- oh, I like it. I was waiting for an. Oh. I was waiting for an alternative. Good night, bitch. <laughs>